What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have special guest Jeffrey Hughesman on the line today. And he is a, you know, we're, we're going to dive into all kinds of things. So get ready. We're going to talk about his experience as a professional chef. We're going to talk about diabetes. We're going to talk about nutritional therapy. We're just going to dive into the weeds on all kinds of fronts. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So give the audience a little bio, kind of like what got you into the space, what got you into keto, kind of just the transition. You've got a pretty diverse background, so I kind of just want to see how all that led to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I've had um, weight issues and type 2 diabetes issues most of my life, um, and it didn't help uh, being a professional chef. Um, and I traveled a lot and lived a lot of different places. And um, none of that has helped me um, control um, my my type two. And uh, I actually had a broken ankle and didn't know it when I was like 16 playing football and it mm -hmm. healed incorrectly. And then uh, probably about five or six years ago, I had surgery uh, and it healed. And then it turned back the other way. My ankle bone just wanted to be in that position, that wrong position, because it had been there so long. And it turned back the other way. And this just really caused a lot of uh, um, inflammation and um, arthritis and different things like that. Um, so I was dealing with a lot of pain quite often. But what happened was my uh, I have a cyst in there due to the arthritis in my ankle, and it kept swelling up. So it leached all this liquid into my calf and it would swell up and I could barely walk, you know, and that's pretty difficult when you're on your feet, um, eight, 10, 11 hours a day in a kitchen and you're mm -hmm. in pain the whole time. So, uh, I would go to the doctor and he'd be like, well, I can drain it. Um, but you need surgery again, you know, or here's some painkillers or, you know, whatever. And then I'd go to the, um, acupuncturist and he would, um, do his thing. And in a couple sessions, it would go back down and I'd be fine. And then a month later, two months later, it would swell back up again. And nobody could give me really any good answers um, of what was going on because I understood my ankle was messed up. But why was it sometimes swollen up and painful and why was it not? So after like mainstream medicine couldn't help me, I uh, dove into the, you know, let's find out myself. And so I just started researching and researching inflammation and arthritis and different things. And actually, I came across um dave asprey's uh um work with uh the bulletproof diet and he talked a lot about inflammation in there and i started reading his book and implementing some of these uh keto principles and re literally within 10 days uh i had lost like 12 pounds and all the inflammation in my calf uh had gone away like there was no pain there was no inflammation and i was like well what's going on and i cut out grains Mm -hmm. You know, and I wasn't eating really any bread anyway because I knew it was pretty bad for you. Um, but I just cut out all grains and all starchy vegetables. And it just like really hit a button in my head. Like, well, what else can I solve through nutrition? You know, what else am I putting on my body that is, you know, harming me? And what else can I put in my body that's going to be healthy? So I just did a deep dive into um, book after book after, you know, blog and podcasts and things like that. And uh, that led me to the Nutritional Therapy Association. And I said, well, I got to do this. Um, and so I just went back to school. What What is that process like? like what is the, the schooling for nutritional therapy consist so, of? So uh, nutritional therapy is more of a holistic, natural way of looking at the body. And we look at, it's, it's like functional nutrition because we look at systems base, you know, um, and it's a nine month intensive program. Uh, with uh, a functional evaluation involved. So we like do a lot of old school stuff like palpitating the body. Um, we look at, you know, if something's going on with your um, small intestine, it's, it's probably up north that you really need to look at first. Or if something's going on if you have dysbiosis or like constipation, let's say, it's probably not your colon. It's probably something north of that. So we understand that digestion's a north to south process. So the specialty, um, you know, of looking at one organ to a nutritional therapist seems actually, re, you know, ridiculous um, because it's systems. Like one thing doesn't get out of whack in one organ. 
if you have one thing in one organ out of whack, you have three things in three different organs um, because it's system based. Yeah, we're like a whole functioning system our body is. So it all works together um, for homeostasis, you know, in the mm -hmm. form, which means, you know, like balance in the body. So one thing can't be out of whack. It's, it's always several things. Yeah, that, that is like a very, <laughs> people don't think of the body in terms of like it being a symbiotic system, but everything kind of hinges off of one another. So having a holistic approach to anything you do and manipulate with your health is absolutely key in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's key. And because really the paradigm and, and doctors are, are phenomenal, like I'm going to have ankle surgery, there's no doubt. Um, and that's an acute, really intense thing. You know, you have to have a surgeon for that. And it's super important. And they're, they're, they're vital to us. But when it comes to digestion or nutrition, doctors spend a week maybe in medical school looking at it. And some of them do a little bit of extra work, um, but they, they don't get it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they don't get the, or they don't have time to understand it. They don't um, have time to dive deep into it. Um, so, and they just want to, you know, the, the system is broken where they just give you a pill. You know, mm -hmm. and with type 2 diabetes, they give you insulin, um, which just keeps you diabetic. There's no way in the world if you have insulin resistance, which means you have super high insulin anyway, and your, your cells will not upregulate the insulin, which means they won't take the sugar out of your body. So they, the cell can't use that sugar's energy because it's so stuffed full of sugar anyway. It, it's like, I'm not taking any more. So if you shove even more insulin into your body, when you already have high insulin, you're never, ever going to lose weight. You're never, ever going to be healthy. You're never, ever going to lower that insulin level, right? So, but that's the, like, right now, that's what doctors prescribe, more insulin for people who have too much insulin anyway, right? So when you look at a holistic way of doing things or a nutritional therapy way of doing things, you know, we want to not have you maintain status quo. We want to reverse that type 2 diabetes. We want to get rid of it. So, you know, if you back that up, what's causing that? Well, it's high sugar and high carbohydrates, refined, you know, foods, things like that, which spikes your insulin. So you got to get the sugars down to get your insulin down. And that's how we work. Yeah, I like to think of, you know, doctors prescribing insulin kind of like an antidote. And you keep prescribing that antidote until it gets you know, no longer becomes effective. And, and then you're just screwed because it just makes the problem that much worse. Yeah, absolutely. You will never, ever, if you're on insulin, you're never, ever going to um, get rid of type 2 diabetes. It's, an, it's a scientific uh, impossibility. What do you think, I mean, what, what's the best way for somebody to just obviously go, you know, the route of keto or like low carb and kind of manipulate through nutrition alone? But what, what would you say to somebody that's not really, you know, knowledgeable about that whole nutritional aspect of it and they're just trying to have a conversation with their doctor and improve their health and i mean how, how do you tell your doctor no i'm not going to take that i mean what, what what's the best way to approach that well i think number one you have to understand the doctor's not the boss like you have to look at your doctor as a team player and, and an advisor you know and you have to educate yourself so if your doctor says hey i want to put you on insulin you need to say, hey, I really would rather reverse this, and I understand that I can't reverse it if I'm on insulin. So what else can we do? You know, and to have a really direct conversation like that um, is best. And I think really people who um, are really more and more educating themselves on nutrition so they know more than the doctor anyway at this point. Right? Yeah, no, I remember, agree. if your doctor tells you to some, you have to do something, doesn't mean you have to do it. Right, because what, he's what about an advisor. Status? You're paying him to advise you, um, but if you're getting really bad advice, like insulin or um, some of these drugs that they put you on, metformin, you know, uh, there's good things and bad things about metformin, but uh, it's really difficult to lower your, you know, get off, heal yourself on metformin, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I've said this on other podcasts too, where I've had doctors on there, and they'll tell, they'll tell people the same thing. You know, you have to take your own health into your own hands, and if you know, it's, it's your body. Nobody's going to care about your body as much as you or nobody should care about your body as much as you. So you have to take the initiative to figure out why your body's responding the way it is and then, you know, put practices in place to mitigate against that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's a practice. 
you know, and, and um, I, I recommend a slow start on this practice, especially if you if you haven't eaten really high fat or you've been carb addicted, because that's what we're really talking about. You know, I mean, there's very few people that are like super overweight and super uh, insulin resistance and have type two body diabetes that aren't in some way addicted to sugar and carbs and processed foods, mm-hmm. you know, and so you've got to really look at it and pay attention to that mental mind aspect of it. And so you need to fortify your mind. Totally random question, but what kind of food were you preparing in the kitchen as a professional chef? You know, the same kind of food that I, I don't eat today. You know, everything is uh, high protein, um, high, high carbs, and some vegetables. Yeah, with, a, with some kind of a, a sauce, right? So mashed potatoes, you know, um, fried potatoes, rice, you know, every restaurant in the world comes with that combination you know, uh, big food, you know, way too many ounces of protein, uh, eight, 10, 12 ounce steaks, you know, just ridiculous amount of protein, ridiculous amount of, uh, starchy carbs, and then a little bit of edge to complement it. Yeah. Very little. So fat I though. love cooking and I love cooking that kind of food. It's super fun. Um, I enjoy it. I love the multitasking and I like pe- making people happy. You know, I'm a people pleaser just by nature. It's just how it is. I love to like have people just enjoy their food. Uh, and I can do that at the restaurant. But uh, really the bigger game for me is is to heal people uh, on a different level in a different way. You know, and that's, that's a bigger game. Um, like benefiting more and more beings through helping them get off uh, uh, or become insulin resistant, you know, or, or stop being insulin resistant and get off their type two diabetes meds and get their blood sugar regular. This, this is like a bigger game and it makes me feel so good and so happy when I see clients like super psych, psyched up and super energized and feeling great. It just makes you feel so good. So um, there's a transition there. I'm still a professional chef by necessity um, mm-hmm. and I still love it, but uh, you know, over a period of time, I hope to be just doing nutritional therapy, period. It'd be cool if you can like incorporate more keto foods into your, you know, restaurant practice there. Uh, so, you know, I do have some uh, customers come in and they order keto like, and I've gone out to tables and be like, well, hey, you know, I understand you're on keto. Why don't you do this and this and, you know, try not to look at this, you know, because they'll, they'll even make mistakes. I understand from the uh, server that they're on keto and they want this. And I, and I coach them a little bit if I, if I can. That's cool, man. I, but I, we don't, my particular restaurant, uh, we don't really focus on it at all. Yeah, yeah. So, so talk about um, just kind of like dive into more of the, you know, the nutritional health from regards to like gut health and like gallbladder. You and I were talking about that prior to starting the recording. Just kind of dive into that spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. So um, – Gallbladder, gallbladder, liver function, stomach function, like these are super important, um, especially if you're going to start a ketogenic diet, right? Well, number one, most people, and we'll start north because this is a north to south process. Digestion, you have to think north to south. Um, when you are, and many of us do it, like drive, eat and drive or eat watching TV or we're eating because uh, standing up washing dishes because we've just fed the kids and we got to get them to soccer or whatever, like you cannot produce any hydrochloric acid in your body, in your stomach, while you're stressed and busy and doing things. And this is the first big mistake, right? So um, this is going to inhibit digestion right off the bat, which causes problems down the line, you know? Um, And also people like chomp their food, choo-choo, swallow, choo-choo, swallow, which also, (laughs) you know, doesn't help you... uh, Uh, digest any food, right? You really, like when grandma used to say 30, 40 years ago, chew your food 30 times, like there's so much wisdom in that um, because you break down the food to a degree where your stomach acid could start breaking it down more and start pulling nutrients out of it. You know, because if you have a half a cheeseburger, uh, even if there's no bread on it in your gut, um, (laughs) it's difficult to break that down. You know, hydrochloric acid, um, which a lot of people are short on anyway, um, can't break that down efficiently and effectively, right? Man, let me, I'm so, just going to uh, Moving on from there, there, gallbladder, I'm sorry? I think I'm, I'm, I must be the worst at this because I literally, I don't even remember the last time I sat down to eat a meal 
So I'm always yeah. standing, always chewing like incredibly fast or not even chewing at all. So is there like any yeah, quantitative you know, way to measure? Uh, well, you and 90 other percent of the people out there, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a major issue. Um, and it, it does really help to just be present, like focus on being present, say a prayer, say a wish, meditate for 30 seconds, just be grateful for that food will mm-hmm. help you like put it into your routine, you know, cause it is, it's like vital really it is. Is there any way to like measure the amounts like of hydrochloric acid produced there, in an individual? Like most doctors aren't going to do the test. You, you know, they ask you like if they want to put you on Prilosec or, um, you know, all these um, acid inhibitors because you have acid reflux or something like that, you can ask for a hydrochloric acid test. Most doctors are going to be goofy and say no. Some holistic practitioners can uh, give you this acid uh, tests um, or you can order it online where you swallow this measuring pill of some sort. I haven't used it. Um, and then pull it back out and then they'll give you a reading. Um, I've never used it. Um, but um, in a holistic way, I can um, palpitate a particular point in your body to find out if there's inflammation there. And it's a specific point in the body that um, is linked to digestion and hydrochloric acid. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, you know, there's a couple ways to look at it. But I'll tell you right now, 90% of the people, 98% of the people possibly who have like GERD or indigestion or a lot of gas uh, coming back up after they eat or, you know, just pain in their esophagus, this is a strong indication of n- not enough hydrochloric acid. Because what happens is when you eat, like most doctors will tell you, oh, it's too much acid because it's coming out the top. But that's absolutely backwards right? It's not enough acid because when you eat, you know, your fats rancidify, um, your, your proteins will, you know, your carbohydrates ferment and, you know, it gets real gassy and bloated in there because your stomach acid doesn't get high enough to break this food down and expands and gases and then eventually blows out the top, right? And, and then eventually your stomach will just like, well, I got to get rid of this food and, and it'll let it go even though it's not broken down enough. Yeah, so gotcha, if you're gotcha. getting like acid reflux, more than likely you already have not enough stomach acid. So you can take um, a supplement, uh, hydrochloric acid, or um, you can start taking um, like lemon juice with your meals. Bitters is what I prefer um, to recommend. Bitters is awesome. Not the bar sugar laden crappy uh, bitters that you can find at your local bar, but a you know a holistic really nature um, made really good high quality bitter, um, which, you know, there's different local companies out there in almost in a, every major city that are making them. Um, or, you know, like apple cider vinegar is great for, um, doing this, but the main reason why people have low hydrochloric acid is because they don't sit down and relax because digestion is a, it, you have to be in a relaxed state. You have to be in a parasympathetic state to digest your food. And when you're not, um, you're running around crazy. It's not gonna. It's not gonna work that great. Hmm. This is very, very interesting. I, I mean, it makes total sense. And it's like, wow. I mean, that's that's how the body's evolved to function. But like, yeah, I just haven't ever taken the time to implement it. You know. So, but I need to do that. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while, and it and it's you just have to practice. You know, you have to be mindful. Um, just like many things in our lives, uh, we have to consciously, on purpose, implement them. You know, just like. You going to the gym every day and having the body you have is a conscious on purpose decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's other things, you know, meditation that we have to consciously on purpose put into our lives, you know, or sitting down for the meal in, in giving thanks is a conscious on purpose decision. And, and sometimes just for our optimal health, uh, we need to do these types of things. I totally agree. And, and kind of take it like on a whole other level like the emotional reaction with food and relationship with food, especially like when I'm not really, you know, deep into a contest prep and I'm just really hungry, really in a deficit. There's, I mean, I'm, I'm so eager to eat that meal because I'm just so hungry. And then it just starts screwing with my mind. And I just like my whole day hinges on me and being able to enjoy that meal. And I don't even enjoy it half the time. So oftentimes like when I'm in a contest prep, before I eat, before I let the food, the food rule me, I'll literally like take a walk down the street and back, you know, fixating on like the birds or the trees or the whatever. 
just to kind of like remove myself from that an anxious situation basically and you know reverse that so that i'm in control as opposed to the food and that sounds really like frou-frou but when you're in an ex- extreme caloric deficit i mean that's like reality and yeah, that, actually that would kind of work with the digestion yeah that's like really being conscious and doing things on purpose and that's it's a fantastic uh practice good for you yeah i'm, I'm, I'm i've been bad at that though i need to get back to my deficit roots i guess um, yeah. So what's the next thing in the whole north to south transition? Let's just keep on moving yeah, in the line. So especially if you're um, in, you're really looking to be in ketosis and uh, optimize your ketones and be efficient, um, or if you're just getting started, uh, your gallbladder has to work optimally, right? Because what is, what is the gallbladder? The liver produces bile and bile breaks down fat. So your liver produces this bile. It kicks it up to your gallbladder and your gallbladder holds it. And when you eat fat, uh, the gallbladder squeezes and it squeezes this bile into your, uh, the lobnum, your small intestine. And this is where you start breaking down your fats. Well, what is um, bile made of? Well, bile is made of fatty acids and it breaks down fatty acids. So a lot of people who have eating, excuse me, have been eating low fat everything for 15 years. have really bad bile dysfunction. Um, their liver isn't producing it because they don't have any fat in their body to produce very well. And then it gets really thick and viscous and hard and your gallbladder has trouble squeezing that bile out because it hasn't worked very long or hasn't worked very much, right? Mm-hmm. You really need um, to support that gallbladder um, specifically with foods or nutrients to get it working again. You know, and then your liver uh, does like 500 different things, right? And one of those things is going to do is detox all these toxic things that you're eating. So if you're eating Doritos, uh, McDonald's three times a week, and then filling in with um, glyphosate-laden vegetables and regular beef, um, you know, your, your liver has a big-time job to do, and it's nutrient deficient. Right, because there's absolutely no nutrients in this food um, for your body to utilize to do an optimal job. So now you're going to ask your liver, who is taxed to death, um, to produce ketones and uh, produce a bunch of bile that you have to have to break down the fats. And you're putting all this fat in your body, and there, you know, I mean, you're just causing a whole lot of problems, right? And it's not going to optimally function. You know, you can potentially get into ketosis. Um, or you can definitely get into ketosis. It's just going to take you a lot longer. That's why some people after three months are like, well, I'm not really in ketosis very much. You know, I got a 0.5. Um, it's just because there's so much um, uh, healing that needs to happen. Um, and this will happen when you start putting nutrients in your body. You know, that's probably one reason. Deficient for so long. That's probably why I like the whole, you know, lazy keto approach of just eating fast food without the bun is probably not the best uh, way to go about it. No, yeah, because you're still not getting any nutrients, right? Right. <laughs> it's all about nutrient density. You got to put uh, – because your, your body will heal itself. Um, that's what it does. You know, mm-hmm. and your liver will detox itself. That's what it does. All you have to do is support it. You know, so like the first thing that I do um, when somebody is starting keto or starting this digestion process – Um, is I really like to look at dandelion greens. I like to look at beets. Even though beets are starchy and sugar-ish, it's worth it for the sugar hit to get your bile flowing and optimal. So I want beets in the diet. I want dandelion greens in the diet. I want artichoke in the diet because these are specific foods that you can eat that will uh, produce bile or help your liver produce bile and get your gallbladder uh, functioning at an optimal level. You know, so um, on a on a food basis, that's what I would do. If there's more dysfunction there after I palpitate somebody and do a functional evaluation, uh, we would look look at some specific uh, other nutrients <clears throat> supplements to add. What about people that don't have a gallbladder that have had it removed for some reason or another? Yeah, right on. Well, most of them are on um, some kind of, uh, and I don't really know the name of the the medication to help them um, um, digest fats. So most of them are on a medication. If they're not, they probably should be just because it's, it's digesting fats. But um, it, it's still doable. And obviously, there's tons of people without gallbladder on in ketosis now. 
and it's still doable. Um, it's just a little more um, not as efficient for the body to do it. A lot of people will supplement with like ox bile salts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of different uh, companies out there. My thing with supplements and in doing supplements, if you're going to a big box store and you're getting, you know, a thousand supplements for, you know, 30 bucks, you, I'm, I'm not sure the quality of food, you know, supplement yeah. that you're putting in your body because it's exactly. a cutthroat business. How supplements are, um, and there's a lot of junk and fillers and, and, you know, uh, bad stuff in those supplements that you don't really want to put in your body. So the higher the quality, of course, they're going to be a little more expensive, but you know that these nutrients are actually going to work in your body. I mean, there's so many nutrients out there that people put in supplements that your body can't even use. For instance, mm -hmm. vitamin B2, right? The natural is vitamin B3, which is what we want to take if we're supplementing vitamin D. But prescription wise or your doctor's probably going to subscribe you vitamin b2 which i've been on and after six months i'm still um vitamin d deficient because my body looks at vitamin d b2 because it's synthetic and goes what is this what do you want me to do with this crap i can't mm -hmm. do nothing with this and it doesn't like it and doesn't utilize it so you know you really have to get the highest quality um i recommend pharmaceutical grade you know supplements because if, if you're going to spend the money you might as well get the best stuff what with regard to supplements like I, again like i don't take hardly anything really but if i was to just optimize to the to the hilt you know and just get as optimal as possible with regard to my supplementation and like specific foods like you mentioned you know the artichokes the beets what would be your list like your your top five supplements and your top five foods for digestive well, health specifically. Yeah, well, um, of course, my top five foods are going to be like five probably different fats. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, uh, again, you want the highest quality food. So we always talk, especially in this world, and your listeners are all probably eating um, grass-fed butter, right? Mm -hmm. You're eating organic uh, coconut oil. You know, you're, you're, you're doing the cold-pressed olive oil. Um, you're doing grass-fed beef, um, preferably 20% fat, right? Um, so, and you want to add a little bit of all this stuff. Like if you're just stuck on eating the grass fed butter all the time, um, you're really missing out on a lot of other fatty acids that are essential to your body. You know, mm -hmm. so you want a variety of healthy fats, omega sixes, omega threes, um, all these different varieties because they all do different things in your body. They're all going to support you in different ways. Right. Um, plus, you need your animal fats because you need your fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K, which are uh, essential, right? Your body can't mm -hmm. make them. They have to have them. So you have to eat this stuff, right? Um, as far as uh, – so those are my definite fats. Um, you know, grass-fed and free-range um, are really big. If you uh, are fighting type 2 diabetes, I really recommend that you eat as little chicken as possible, because it's got arginine in it and can spike your insulin without spiking your sugar. Same thing with turkey and some shellfish. So I eat those minimally. And if I eat one, I'm certainly not going to eat a chicken breast uh, unless it's in a soup or something, right? So I mm -hmm. go for the chicken thigh, a chicken leg, the, the fattier piece of meats, um, just because it's, it's fattier, it's more beneficial. And for me, a chicken breast is just a complete waste of time. It's high protein, no fat, and it's, and it's just not that you know, utilizable. It's, it's yeah, I think, good. I think there's a, a disconnect people, you know, not all macros are treated equal. So like, I would always opt for a fattier cut of meat as opposed to a leaner cut of meat with added fats. I feel like if you get just a fattier cut of beef, for instance, it's going to digest much more slowly, have a much more favorable fatty acid profile than equal amount of protein in a chicken breast with like an extra two tablespoons of, you know, mayo on there or something. Like they're not yeah, the same, even though the macros might be the same. Yeah, I would I would definitely go for the fatty cuts of meat. Plus, that fat is going to help you digest everything else. You mm -hmm. know, um, you have to have fight fat to upregulate your vitamin Bs, your vitamin Ds, um, in in these type of things. So when you do eat your vegetables, um, if you're eating vegetables at all, which is you know I recommend um, putting leafy greens in there and and like broccoli and cauliflower and and these type of things because they're not going to spike your insulin so much. And they got some nutrients in it that you're going to want and need. Um, and plus, it helps with fiber and, and different things. Even though um, 
I think the protein will have enough fiber in it eventually to work through, but um, I, d- I definitely recommend these things. As far as supplementation, um, I really, you know, pre and probiotics are super, super important. You know, you got to take care of your um, gut bacteria and add for digestion. They absorb everything. They eat everything. They 80% of your immune system is um, your gut bacteria. So like really it's science is coming out that your gut bacteria uh, talk to your brain more than anything talks to your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, they're sending messages to your brain every second. So take care of your gut bacteria, eat your pre and probiotics. Um, You, everybody, there's so many people that are vitamin D deficient um, because they just are. It's the nutrients in our food today is nothing like it used to be. And um, even our good organic food, some of it's nutrient deficient. You know, there's oranges coming out of Florida that have no vitamin C in it. You know, so um, you really, uh, vitamin Bs, all your vitamin Bs are, are essential. And you're going to want to uh, maybe supplement with those or just really focus on the foods um, that have, them. you know, different varieties. I try not, I don't want people to take supplements just to be taking them because they think they need them because supplements too, if you're taking too much, um, you know, can be detrimental too. You know I mean? If you don't need iron and you're taking iron, this could, this could cause some serious issues. You know, if you, <clears throat> so you want to really pay attention to what you're taking, <clears throat> excuse me. And nutritional therapists like myself, what we do is we functionally evaluate the body by palpitations and seeing uh, what is inflamed and what the body needs. And then we'll neurolingual test you. Well, what is that? That is when we actually put the nutrient, give you the nutrient and then repalpitate that place. And if that inflammation goes down, your body is saying, I want that. I need that nutrient. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really old school science that you can find in the old older medical books, but because of blood tests and, you know, uh, pharmaceutical intervention in our medical field, like very few people do this anymore, unless you're a really old school doctor or you're a holistic health practitioner. It's important though. You know, I think that's just going back to the roots. I mean, if you look at keto and what it is as a, as a whole, it's basically going back to what we had done previously anyway. So the same holds true with a lot of our medical practices. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting to hear about the history of keto because back in the 1890s, um, there's doctor journals that talk about, hey, you know, let's you should be eating 80% fat, you know, to get rid of this or to help yourself have more energy or to, you know, not have the sugar, you know. Um, it's it it's it's there's a big history of it if you do a deep dive into the research. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you you were mentioning, you know, the importance of some of these, you know, vegetables for gut health. What is your take on on carnivore and some of the arguments with carnivore? And I, I just really want to like let you you know turn loose on that and kind of dive into that as a, a dieting protocol and kind of what your opinion is on it. Yeah, well, my opinion is everybody's bio individual. Mm-hmm. You know, if you um, can run a high level on a all carnivore diet, um, go for it. You know, and if you're going to be uh, high functioning, I don't know what the long term effects uh will be you know like 20 years from now did you get your vitamin b's you know just by eating um a carnivore diet i don't know are you supplementing um different vitamins that you may or may not need with that diet you know um so but i mean if it's if it's working for you i know some people that no way they can't do it especially some more women um my wife couldn't do it she needs her carbs i know um uh, a little bit and her vegetables and things like that. Um, I'm, I function better with with some vegetables. There's no doubt about it because I've I've played with my body so much through this process that I understand that I when I eat a salad a day or um, some uh, asparagus and broccoli in the evening, um, I function way better uh, and I feel better. So when I go, uh, I know when I'm missing those vegetables, when I just do a, a full uh, day or two of just nothing but fat and a little bit of protein, um, I, I feel the difference. So um, again, everybody's bio-individual, you know, and we were carnivores back for thousands and thousands of generations and ate very little um, nutrients. You know, if we know the, if you know the history of 
why we were keto um, for thousands of generations is because other foods weren't readily available. You know, you had spinach for six weeks or blueberries for a week, you know, um, back then. And, uh, you know, your nuts came in for, for a month or whatever. And, and you gorge on that stuff in the late summer to build your fat stores so you can fast um more in the winter when the when the big game is hiding and not as available you know and there's no um leafy green vegetables or anything like that yeah so Mm -hmm. i think i think it's it's valuable uh, information to know yourself to know how you function so if you want to try it for a month try it for a month see how you feel what have you noticed with regard to like dairy and digestion have you kind of picked up on any patterns uh in people there with regards to how they respond to that my, even my son, I, I took off a milk, um, although I give him raw milk. Um, so what happens when why people are kind of goofy on, on dairy and milk is because we pasteurize everything. So we heat it up and it kills everything, right? It kills the bacteria. Uh, Louis Pasteur decided that, you know, it was the bacteria uh, that, uh, you know, caused all these problems. Um, where as a holistic, we think the environment is more important. Like if we have a healthy environment, some bad bacteria is actually beneficial as long mm-hmm. as the good bacteria. Yeah. That's why um, like these squeeze bottles with this antibacterial stuff that's in every school and every place and every thing is the worst thing for you ever because it kills the bad bacteria. Yeah, but it kills all the good bacteria, which is essential to your body. So it's it, the stuff's horrible. <clears throat> anyway, and take a drink of water. Anyway, um, when it comes to, um, we were talking about, I got off on a tangent. Yeah, like dairy and, and how dairy oh, impacts yeah, dairy digestion. Stuff. Oh, <laughs> my bad. I'm glad you're a good editor, right? Um, <laughs> so when you eat um, uh, milk that's been pasteurized, it's got all this dead stuff in it. It's got all this bacteria, this dead protein. It kills the lactase. Um, and lactase is a natural element that you want that, you know, binds to lactose and then makes it digestible yeah so um when you eat this this stuff your body freaks out and goes what is all this dead stuff and it causes a histamine reaction or you just can't digest it very well right Mm -hmm. and then plus the the milk the cow is fed some really goofy stuff you know and in in some of these proteins that the milk that is in the, the food turns into like glue uh, in the milk, and then this glue type substance gets into your body, uh, and it's really hard to digest, and it causes some problems. So um, I typically recommend raw. Uh, we don't eat too much milk here. I eat raw cheese mostly. Um, sometimes I'll get a little bit of extra something if it's you know um, organic or whatever. Um, I like regular cheese too, but mostly raw. And then what I do is I buy raw milk, and it's illegal here in Denver. Um, so if I can go to a farm and get it, great. But a lot of times I just have to go to the fancy, um, high-end pet store and they have raw milk in the freezer section, you know, raw goat milk or raw rub. And I just buy that. And then I make homemade cheese out of it. And then I use the whey, uh, which is the liquid left over for making cheese, um, for fermenting, like fermenting vegetables and things like that. So, um, or we just drink the raw milk. Um, which is super beneficial because it's got all this great bacteria. So uh, like people who have high doses of antibiotics, for some reason they have to take them for whatever, you know, yeast infection or some kind of infection. And they just, they take them for, because the doctor says so. I totally recommend a raw milk um, additive. Um, Get some raw milk and start drinking that because it'll replenish your gut bacteria. It is crazy how nutrient-deprived the milk that we have in the stores is. I mean, one of my clients works at a dairy plant, and he said, like, they they ring a bell, and then everybody grabs, like, a 55-pound sack of sugar and just starts pouring it into the vat of milk that's already been pasteurized. So it's literally just nutrient-depleted with added sugar, and that's it. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. (laughs) I just, like, I took my family off of it. Um, The more I educated I get about it, it more it horrifies me so with regard to like you know cheeses and yogurts um yogurts is probably one of the one of the better options for you know gut health right 
Okay, so yogurt's I iffy, right? Um, and you really have to pay attention to your yogurt because if you're eating a Yoplait a day, you're probably eating about you know 150 pounds of sugar a year. You yeah, know? definitely not the oh. the commercialized yogurts. Yeah, it's uh, you really have to get a really good yogurt or make it homemade, and it doesn't take that much to make homemade yogurt. Really, it's it's not a big process at all. Um, but um, I, there there's some really good um, coconut yogurts out there, or some uh, Bavarian yogurts out there, and, and it maybe have like a teaspoon of sugar, but a lot of that sugar is you know turning into other things. It's being eaten by the bacteria, so. Um, Pay attention to your yogurt. It is a great prebiotic and a probiotic. So when you feed it to your gut bacteria, it's going to eat it, and it has uh, gut bacteria in it. So it can be utilized as a fantastic um, nutrient-dense um, food if it's good. You know, I mean, if it's mm -hmm. store-bought, you'll play blah. You know, that's what you're going to get, you know, sugar rush. I've been eating a ton of the Kite Hill yogurt, the almond-based yogurt. Have you ever had that? I haven't. Um, uh, I, I just discovered Coco Yo, which was is kind of cool. It's a coconut-based yogurt, um, and they got some plain that's, that's super thick and super good and no, very, very low sugar. I haven't seen that one. I'll look for it, though. Uh, yeah, yogurt. I want to try and start making my own yogurt just because I like the idea of making everything. Um, what does your yogurt production process look like? How do you go about it? Yeah, um, well, you, really what you're doing is it, um, you can either buy a starter culture yogurt or just buy a thing of your yogurt that you like. Um, and then you want to keep it, I, I think I'd have to look it up, but I think it's right around 74 degrees or something like that. So what works is like a, a slow cooker, um, you know, a crock pot. Um, mm -hmm. And you can like put a double boiler um, in that crock pot, which means you have the warm water um, below and then you have your uh, coconut. Let's say you have your almond coconut um, stuff, and then you pour some more almond milk in there, uh, and then cover it up and keep it at you know like seventy four degrees for about two days. You know, in a professional kitchen, I used to make it um, and just throw it up on top of a, a refrigerator, which is super warm. It, it sounds ridiculous, but you know, on top of an oven that's turned off or a refrigerator, it's super warm up there, and it I can make it that way. So you just want to heat it up at like, I think it's 74 degrees, but I, um, you can easily Google that to really mm -hmm. figure it out. And then what you do is you just wrap it in cheesecloth and you let it drain um, for another day. Or if you want super thick, three days, um, you know, it's all a, a little process. And then you, uh, you consume, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, the more drainage you have, the longer you let it sit, the thicker it's going to get. Uh, or if you just want to eat it. Um, but that's, it's a super simple process. And it's just like making, uh, kombucha, which is super healthy for you. You know, you just add kombucha and then you add your liquid, and maybe a little bit of sugar for your bacteria to eat it. And then a week later and you have a big mushroom in there. So uh, Very cool. all these things are these old school ways of making our own food is not that difficult. You just have to do a little bit of research and pay attention to it. Um, you know, like uh, homemade cheese is just like making, letting raw cheese is letting whole raw food milk separate you know and then strain it and now you have um homemade like cream cheese you know and it's rich it's really delicious it's flavorful and you could flavor it with like lemon or um, basil or whatever and then the longer you let it sit and drain the harder it'll get i have some in my refrigerator now yeah i think the next like foray into food science that i'm gonna dive into is just gonna be making all of my own food like i would love to just harvest everything like kill all my own meat and then, you know, grow all my own food and then make all my own food from like like yogurts and cheeses and whatnot. I think that is, I mean, that's taking a whole other level, but that way I know, you know, from start to finish, like there's no question as to where it all came from. Yeah, absolutely. And it's super fun. And you know what, when you're eating, uh, you're eating your own homemade yogurt, man, it's so satisfying and enjoyable. And there's, there's so much gratitude there that it's, it's hard not to just enjoy life. You know what I mean? I, uh, I don't, slow down anymore. And I don't uh, like kill animals just because of my own personal reasons. But I used to, uh, I lived in Maui for a while as a chef and uh, I'm a big scuba diver and we used to spearfish, mm -hmm. you know, and there's nothing cooler uh, than spearing your own fish, bringing it up, you know, and then having it for dinner that night. Like it is, it's, it's such a cool uh, experience. It makes you appreciate everything so much more like if you're if you're spearfishing and you within 30 minutes of killing the fish you're eating the fish 
I mean, it makes you appreciate the whole process so much more than if you just walk into a grocery store, you know, big box grocery store and the people that work, they don't know where that food came from. You don't know where that food came from. And I don't know, it's just a, it's just a much more well-rounded approach to consuming food in the first place. Yeah, it, it's um, it's super satisfying, and you do know where your food comes, and you got to enjoy it. Um, you know, it, it is it is about slowing down and getting um, more relaxed and getting out of this high pace, fast, you know, lifestyle. Um, you know, I work fifty hours a week in a restaurant, and then have two kids and a wife, and then have this uh, nutritional therapy business, and I still find time to cook for my family, and I still find time to make raw made homemade cheese and, and different things. And I slow down with meditation. Uh, so it's very doable. Even if you're a business owner and you don't have a lot of time, you it's all about making time because um, none of us have any time for anything. Uh, we yeah. always have to consciously on purpose make time for ourselves. Yeah, finding your priorities and capitalizing on those priorities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is your specialty as far as, you know, what you're preparing for your family, your friends, or, you know, at the restaurant? What would what you, like, if given any option, what would you gravitate towards preparing? Well, you know, like in the restaurant, it's going to be completely different than my home cooking. Although, like, I've I've lived on, you know, in the Virgin Islands. I've lived in Maui. I've lived in California. Um, in, in many different places. I even lived in Siberia for a while. Um, and I just really love fish. I love cooking fish. I love breaking fish down. Um, it's 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 a cool process. and it's so versatile, but I like my fish to take like taste like fish. So I don't really like heavily season the actual fish. Um, but the compliments are cool and the sauces and, and it's super fun. You know, I love doing like trout with stuffed with uh, bacon and mushrooms, you know, and like things like that. Um, but at home, <clears throat> uh, we, we were super simple, uh, meat and, uh, uh, vegetables. My kids, I, don't eat the same diet I do. I'm I'm more versatile with them. Um, I let them eat organic corn or organic potatoes. Um, you know, every now and again they'll have a little bit of rice. Um, you know, and my my wife has some stuff to do with that too. Um, I do try to get them to eat as many vegetables as possible. My two year old is okay with that. The eight year old is not a chance, but we do the best we can. Um, but I I we definitely do high quality and uh, a variety. You know, mm -hmm. different things all the time. We love salmon belly. Um, I eat a lot of salmon belly, which is it, like most restaurants will throw the salmon belly away, or um, it's hard to find. But it's it's a higher fat density and it's super yummy. And it takes you know one and a half minutes to cook. You know, what, so, what are the macros like on salmon belly? Yeah, it's awesome. What what's the nutrient breakdown of salmon belly? What the fat to protein ratio? Do you know? Uh, you know what? Um, I would have to look that up. It's um. It's a lot higher than just like if you look at, um, you know, online at your salmon nutrients, and you probably know that off the top of your head. Um, I, I'm going to say you're going to add 20% of fat to that um, because it's just like it's the fattiest part of the fish, the belly is, of any fish, really. Can you buy that like as a standalone? Like, can you just go like, uh, you know, like you a local grocery or something? If you go to Whole Foods, um, you know, they normally have it smoked already mm -hmm. but they potentially would have it in the back um i i haven't seen it like um it in like national grocers i shop at or whole foods and I, I shop a little bit of everywhere um but uh they typically like utilize it in soups or they smoke it or something like that but you would probably have to ask for it i uh i go through vendors because i'm a restaurant guy um so i have access to that or i just um you know bring it home from the restaurant sometimes very cool yeah I'll, I'll definitely next time i go to whole foods i'm gonna ask them for some salmon belly how, how do you cook that like you just pan sear it yeah i just pan sear it or you can throw it in the oven if you want or you can throw it right on the barbecue grill um it, it all works there's no bad way to do it you can steam it you know like asian style uh it's not a problem um just don't overcook it you know i mean like really you want to eat your salmon at medium because if you cook it well uh, or even medium rare uh, if you cook it well, you're just going to cook all the fatty acids out of it and destroy the fat. So, um, you know, just a nice crispy hot pan and pan sear. It's got enough fat in it. Uh, you really don't need fat. But if you want to add some fat, that's okay. Some bacon grease to fry it in or whatever. Uh, it's all good. Very nice. Very nice. I'm going to try that this week for sure. Yeah. Talk about um, Mountain Man Nutrition, man. Like what, what got you into that and kind of just bring me up to speed on what you have going on there? 
Yeah, well, so um, going through the school, um, you know, for my self healing, I just I just knew that I wanted to benefit other people. Um, as goofy as this sounds and, and might not make sense to people, but I'm a Buddhist, um, Karmakagi lineage, which is um, like we meditate to be become enlightened to help others meditate to become enlightened. Yeah. So like we really take a promise to benefit all sentient beings, you know, and to do the best we can um, benefiting others. So it's it's kind of part of my psyche um, in in a really good focus. And, and like I said before, I can benefit people through cooking in a restaurant in one way. But if I can really be a part of healing type 2 diabetes, um, insulin resistance and, and optimal health, um, it really, it's, it's another ball game. It's, it's playing a big game. And, um, I really like playing that big game, even if it's, you know, one or two clients at a time, it's, uh, the message is getting out there. And, uh, so that's really the, the, like the underlying motivation of, uh, of mountain man nutrition, you know, and I'm in Denver, Colorado. So I just came up with, it's a cool name. You know, I like, uh, I like the mountains. I love it. I love this rustic lifestyle that I'm not really living right now because I'm in a home in the, you know, in Centennial, Colorado. But um, it's all about eating, you know, rustic, you know, uh, high fat, you know, good, healthy proteins, you know, and just optimal health. So I have an office right in my own home in my basement. Um, see clients. I palpitate um, functions. I walk them through. Um, diet, like not everybody's going to be on keto. Not everybody goes to keto right away. Um, but it's certainly a tool that I use to, um, and it's really one of the best tools you can have because, you know, sugar and carbohydrates and things spike blood sugar, protein can spike your blood sugar or does, um, and fat does not, you know, or very little uh, insulin production from fat. So it's the, it's the, it's a great design to optimize people's health when they have you know, um, insulin resistance. So I love it, man. Yeah. It's a great tool. And I just, I like, I teach a, a type two diabetes cooking class at a natural grocers here. They all have, most of them have like kitchens and you can utilize those kitchens for free as long as you're giving away free content. Um, and that's what I'm about. I try to produce as much free content as possible to benefit as many people. If they're going to be my client or not, you know, you're still mm -hmm. getting, you know, tons of free information. Um, and then, through that, when people start implementing like the things I talk about in my cooking class, and I and I post those on YouTube, and and I actually drop them into my podcast and just do the audio for my podcast. But when you start implementing like these little things that I talk about, um, you can start seeing results. Like people want to come in, so they come back to the cooking class, and then like, hey, I want to be your client, um, and that that makes me feel good because I know what I'm talking about works, you know. And they yeah, see man, you're like, absolutely making a difference. Yeah. What what is yeah totally random here? But what um what's your take on like food sensitivity tests? Like Crystal, my fiance, she's been having all kinds of gut uh, issues her whole life, and we're just kind of going down the line and trying new things. And I think she's about to get a food sensitivity test. So what what do you think about that? I think it changes. Like I think you can take a food sensitivity, especially if you have um gut issues, like permeable gut. Um it can change like on a, on a, you know, in three days, like you might be, and I've done these tests before, um, myself, like you might be allergic to, or showing allergic reaction to three different things. Uh, and then two weeks later, it'd be three different things. So I think, um, it, it changes all the time by based on what you're eating. If you have, um, permeable, impermeable gut, like it's, if you've got leaky gut, basically, um, you, whatever you're eating is getting in your bloodstream and your body's attacking it. You know, because it doesn't gotcha. big giant protein or big giant carbohydrate or whatever, and your body's freaking out and it's attacking it because it doesn't belong there because it's not digested. It went through your the the side of your cells in your gut instead of through your cells in your gut, and this is you know not good. So you need to heal that. So people who are like have ten, fifteen different things that they're they're spiking on these tests. Um, these foods really aren't the issues. The issue uh, is the impermeability of your gut is your gut lining. So if you heal that, then these foods aren't going to bother you anymore. Um, so I would focus on that. Like if you've got a lot of gut issues, you need to start north to south and start with like chewing your food and then start with you adding some bitters 
um, or hydrochloric acid. I, you know, I would probably start with bitters so you don't have to buy another supplement um, or apple cider vinegar. And then, um, you know, go from there maybe get a functional test by a, a nutritional therapist that can palpitate and find out where that inflammation is and slowly give yourself the nutrients um, to heal that digestion. You know, especially if you have uh, leaky gut, you know, uh, and it's easier to heal leaky gut when you're already on in ketosis, you know, and not eating the crap that's going to make your um, gut even more impermanent. You just need to give yourself some uh, healing nutrients so your your body can do what it does. One of her biggest issues is that like she has slow transit, so everything just moves incredibly slowly. Um, and so she get like, you know, pretty, pretty intense bloating and just discomfort because everything's just getting backed up because nothing's moving through. Like her digestive tract digest, like, I don't know what the stats were. She, she swallowed a bunch of pills and it tests and it kind of like showed the rate of movement through her system and she digests like 90% slower than it's supposed to happen. Um, so everything just moves incredibly slow. It's like, so she'll take like a, a day and cycle in like a liquid day or something to kind of help break up the solids. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you have anything just off the top of your head that would benefit there, like from a nutritional standpoint? No, I, w I, w I would hate to just like throw something out there because that would be super like unprofessional and like just throwing stuff into the wind. You know, um, for me to really understand what would be going on, I'd have to palpitate her and find out where that inflammation is and, and, and really get her to do the north to south process. You know, we should come see you in Colorado, man. <laughs> come on in, man. I'll, I'll um, you know, check her out and, and get her on the table and, and find out, you know, what her body really needs to help her digestion because it's, um, it's super important. And especially if she's, I know she's in ketosis. I follow you guys, of course. Um, so you can optimize her health, um, by figuring this out. And, you know, the, the mainstream doctors aren't going to, are going to look at like just the small intestine or just this or just that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go from uh, a nutrient deficient, um, standpoint like there's something going on that your body is going to want and need to heal that issue and uh, it'd be interesting to find out well shoot man we'll make a trip we're, we're going to be in washington in october we'll just swing by your place yeah come on by man i'll um um obviously um palpitate both of you guys to see what's going on with you i like to see your um how your body reacts to b vitamins yeah, I mean, I, I'm always, it, it's it's so fascinating to me, like the digestive health aspect of, you know, nutrition optimization, because there's there's just so many unknowns, like it's like the last frontier almost, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Um, well, cool, man. Where, where can people go to find out more about you? Uh, so I'm like um, pretty much everywhere. MM uh, Nutrition on Instagram. Uh, my website is www.nutritionmountainman.com. Uh, I got a podcast, which you have been a guest on, um, mm -hmm. which is Mountain Man Nutrition on iTunes. Um, I host it on Anchor. Uh, you can find it there as well. Um, and then just look me up on Facebook, Jeffrey Hipschman, H-E-U-B-S-C-H-M-A-N. Or I have a business page too, Mountain Man Nutrition. Um, got the YouTube channel under the same name. So I'm out there. You can find me. And, uh, um, you know, I'm putting out as much beneficial content for people to get started as I possibly can. Absolutely, man. I really like what you're doing here because you have a pretty interesting take on it. I mean, you've got the experience with diabetes um, and like the gut health and your professional chef. So you're bringing so many different spectrums to the table and you're able to generate some really quality content that people can benefit from. So I'll link out to those and, and drive as much traffic as I can your way because I think you're, you've got a good message to share. I appreciate it. I really uh, thank you very much. And uh, I think this is how it gets started. You know, like, my podcast, your podcast, um, there's many others out there, people writing blogs, um, you know, to really change the paradigm of um, nutrition and, um, you know, the fake, really bad science that's been propagated for the last 40, 50 years about nutrition. And to reverse that, it's a grassroots effort, you know, and I to really benefit agree. people and get, you know, big business and money out of it and start um, small businesses um, that grow organically through word of mouth, like uh, your business and my business and um, different keto foods out there that are like healthy and delicious, um, as well as like just eating a piece of celery, you know, growing in your own backyard. 
um, these things are grassroots and, and this is what I like and what I'm trying to promote. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Well, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it the right way for sure. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Jeffrey. Well, until next time, man, until I come see you in Colorado, we'll talk soon, brother. Come on down. I'll see you later.